Good afternoon, and welcome to Meet the Artist Interviews. My name is Kirsten Gam, and I'm the Registrar at San Francisco Ballet School. This program is presented by the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. Today is Sunday, March 20th, 2011. We are broadcasting from the San Francisco War Memorial Opera House. This interview is being podcast, so I'd like to not only welcome our listeners here in the audience, but our podcast listeners that are joining us as well. Most of the Meet the Artist series will be available as podcasts on our website at www.sfballet.org with new installments every week. Today, it is my sincere pleasure to be speaking with ballet master and principal character dancer, Anita Pachotti. Hello, good afternoon, everyone. Anita joined San Francisco Ballet in 1968. In 1987, Mr. Thomason appointed her principal character dancer. It was in 1982 that she was appointed rehearsal assistant and then promoted to ballet master in 1991. Anita, you have such an impressive tenure with this organization. Uh, it's truly remarkable. I'm wondering if you could just um, give us an overview, maybe first chat with us about your early days joining the company as a dancer and how you've seen the evolution of the, the company as it is today. Yes, when I joined the company in 1968, we were a little band out on 18th Avenue in Geary in a, in a converted automobile garage. <laughs> uh, it was very... Uh, romantic in a way, in my memory. It had all the right kind of feelings. The dressing room was one hook for each of us. Now every good one has one or, or two lockers. They bring their whole dance wardrobe with them. We came with what we were going to use that day and then took it home at night. Um, we toured on a bus. We'd go to exciting places like Oceanside, California. <laughs> Stay in a very funny... Uh, inexpensive motel and we had a wonderful time we had a wonderful time we performed in gymnasiums we did uh, lose repertoire uh, mostly filling station variations to ballet jinx um, it was a very a very close-knit group and uh, well I think one of my fondest memories is probably that at the at the top was Jocelyn Valmar and she was on that bus with us every morning and she'd sing her little morning song, good morning to you, good morning to you. <laughs> uh, best sport in the world, and I learned so much from her. So that's probably my most cherished memory of the early days. Uh, then when Michael Smuin became director, it became a lot, a lot more expansive. Uh, he was doing his own work. Some of them were very successful, like Romeo and Juliet, and we traveled to Nashville to be on national TV with that one and The Tempest as well, and Cinderella, which I, I adored. My favorite role in my life is the stepmother in Cinderella. Um, so it, it became a bigger company. We, we started to have guest teachers, Eric Brune, Tatiana Gronseva, people from the Royal Ballet. We did La Fille Malgarde, which is probably my best memory as far as a, a big role that I, that I got to do in my career. Um, so, and then, you know, the years with Helgi Thomas and the company grew exponentially, you know, just amazing. Suddenly we're traveling internationally and, and 
every other name on the roster is, is, is someone from another country. And the, the works that have been created since he became director are just astonishing. You know, people from all over the world and so many huge successes and so many amazing tours as well. You know, going to London and Paris and um, China, Copenhagen. You know, these are very, very exciting things to do. Uh, and it's a special way to travel is to be a working person rather than a tourist. I've never actually traveled as, as a tourist much. Most of my travel has been with this company. And although it, it limits your sightseeing a bit, um, there's something special about being part of that community and that society uh, because you're working there. There's a certain pride that goes with that. And of course, performing to different audiences is always so fascinating to see how they respond. And, and when it's favorable, it's, it's very, very fulfilling. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, any fun stories that you have from, from one of those tours, just um, maybe where things didn't go quite as planned that uh, made for an interesting evening? China was China was interesting. It was the most f fascinating because I was completely unprepared. I just didn't know enough about the country, and uh, so I don't know. As far as performing, um, there, there was there was one funny thing in China where, for some reason, they didn't want us when we were in the house during rehearsal to sit in the seats. Um, we're, we couldn't. We never figured it out. And one day, Helgi was teaching class, and I think he touched the piano, and he got reprimanded. <laughs> so we're not sure if they thought they didn't want to wear the seats out any more than possible, or you know, there were funny things like that 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 we just did not understand. And also, we got one one of our cities completely dropped out. China was interesting in that way. You never knew quite what was going to happen. Um, we were supposed to play a third third city besides Shanghai and Beijing, and sort of uh, government said, "Sorry, we need the theater that day," and never really any explanation. But other than those kind of odd things, it, the experience was amazing because it's it's a big city, just like every other city. Everything you have here is there and more. We. Or next door to the BMW dealer, and over there was the Jaguar, and over there was the Mercedes, and I, I, I just had no idea, no idea. And of course, we got to travel to the Great Wall, uh, and that that was wonderful. So, um, in addition to um, your dancing roles and as principal character dancer, you're you're also responsible for staging and rehearsing numerous ballets. Just to refresh the audience here with some of the choreographers of the, the works that Anita has either rehearsed or staged, she's um, done works by such choreographers as Helgi Thomason, Yuri Postikov, Sir Frederick Ashton, George Balanchine, David Bentley, August Bourneville, Christopher Bruce, Lar Lubavitch, Agnes DeMille, Jerome Robbins, Paul Taylor, Lila York, Stanton Welch, and Christopher Wielden. My goodness, that is quite a list there. Um, would you just tell us a little bit about that process, and um, in particular, what is your preparation like before you even step foot into the studio to work with the dancers? How do you um, prepare to uh, restage a, a work on the company? 
Uh, when a work is staged and we're in the rehearsal with the choreographer, usually 100% of the time, we take all of us in our own way, our own note system. It usually starts with uh, what we call the counts. If you can count the music, the phrases of, of eight. If it's going to be, if it's very regular music, you know, might, might not even need that. But many times, that's the first framework that we have is, is that we're, we're going to have a, you know, a phrase of eight and then it'll be a phrase of 12. But sometimes it's really difficult. It's a phrase of seven and then five and then four. And if you don't know those numbers, you, you, the music doesn't make any sense to you, at least while you're learning it. So a record of those numbers is very important because if you don't have it, your ear doesn't necessarily remember. Some, if it's a piece you heard many times and often the dancers uh, remember it ex very well. Uh, so say we go back into the studio and you usually will start by, by watching it on the, on the screen. Um, it's on DVD usually. We film everything that is new in the studio when it's, when it's finished before the choreographer leaves and we also film every premiere and several more during a run of a program. So we have a few sources of, of material to review and that is usually the first step. And between that, the dancer's memory and our notes and what we have on, on tape or video or DVD um, is how we get started to recreate. We just try to take manageable bits. We have to tell Alan Villarreal, our amazing scheduling coordinator uh, how long we think it will be to take to do one bit so we might ask for just a couple for an hour and maybe the group for an hour and maybe different solos so we divide it up like that and try to use our time most efficiently so that dancers aren't in a rehearsal room but sitting and not doing anything so we try to make sure that we're being as efficient as we can and do everything as fast as possible because we're always under that time crunch. So you've been doing that for over 20 plus years. Has your process changed at all with uh, technology or has that been a pretty similar process from when uh, you first started? Yeah, it does change actually. I, uh, I used to be a furious writer. I liked to write down everything and, and um, it was a little bit tedious. It took a very long time and some it, it's valuable but as I, as I get older, I'm, I'm finding that it's almost better to just use my, my vision and just keep watching and then go over it at night. Sometimes I'll, I'll fall asleep that way, seeing if I can remember the sequence. And it's actually better. And also, my, I'm just tired of writing. My arm won't do it anymore. <laughs> There's a, there, are some, there are some things that you know happen as we age. <laughs> and that's one of them. So. Always trying, always trying different ways to learn, you know, and, and remember. And, and also how to, how to make suggestions to people. There are always new, new ways. That's, that's a lot of what our job is, is uh, helping people in different ways. Everybody remembers differently. Everybody needs a different amount of repetition. You don't want to make someone repeat more than they need and you don't want someone to be underprepared. So those, that's the spectrum you know, that we have to find for every individual person. 
Um, today we're seeing um, Program 5, which is Balanchine's Coppelia. It's the San Francisco Ballet's premiere of the, the work. Wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about um, uh, the ballet, the, just an overview of the plot itself, and also um, there is a significance between Mr. Thomason and the role of mm -hmm. France, which is kind of uh, exciting. Well, Coppelia is a very old ballet. It's been done since 1874, I think. Uh, in Paris, and it's gone through many uh, mutations. Um, it was done in Russia, and George Balanchine was a part of it then. I think he danced the mazurka. And our particular version is stage, was created by George Balanchine and uh, Alexandra Danilova, who was very famous in the role of Swanilda. Uh, the plot is very, very simple and wonderful. Uh, Swanilda and Franz are fiancés. Uh, but he's he's a, he's a young man who has a roving eye and a, a young woman who sits in in a, in a window catches his eye. They don't know that 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 per, that person up there is a doll. They know that the man who lives there, Doctor Coppelius, is very strange. He's kind of the village eccentric. They know he's kind of into magic or alchemy, but they're not really sure what he does in. But um, so both Swanilda and Franz think that's a real girl. It's just so you know, no one's confused. And then it makes it, otherwise it's quite silly, you know, that why, they, 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 they don't know. They just, why is she so unfriendly? Why doesn't, why doesn't she look at me? Why don't, won't, I'm, Swanilda will wave to her and dance for her in the opening thing and she just sits there. And, uh, but at one point she does move because Dr. Coppelius winds her up and Franz sees that or hears that and, so he's enamored of her too, and, and then there's so Swanilda is jealous of the doll Coppelia. And it's, just, it's the story of how Swanilda sneaks into the shop and discovers that it's in, she's in fact a doll, and the whole thing is resolved quite easily, and the final act is their, their wedding ceremony. So I don't want to tell you too much because I want you to watch and see if you can understand the pantomime and, and see how the story unfolds for yourselves. And the, uh, what's so wonderful here is that the, the roles were created by uh, Patricia McBride and Helgi Thomason in George Balanchine's original restaging in 1974. Uh, and the woman who staged the ballet for, for us, whose name is Judith Fugate, was also in the production as one of the friends, but she later danced the role of Swanilda many, many times. So, so she brought her own personal memories of of Balanchine, of Helgi, of, of um, Danilova, and she, she did a marvelous job of staging the work for us and gave so much personal attention and information about how to dance this ballet and how to dance ballet. It's a, it's a nice return to dancing strict classical ballet for us because those of, most of you probably know because you see what we do and we go from A to Z. And, Sometimes it's very useful and beneficial to go back to, to the basic classical ballet and revisit port de bras and perfect feet positions and musicality in, that's very, very uh, clear. It's clear and there's a right way to do it, you know, and it's really satisfying, wonderful. And it was wonderful to um, listen to Helgi's input, not just for Franz, but for the whole production, and he would... Uh, go head, head to head with Judith the whole time and 
she took suggestions from him and vice versa. It was, it was a great, great process, and I think you'll, you'll enjoy the result very much. Um, I know we also have the pleasure of seeing many young students in the production of Coppelia. Um, all of the students are from the San Francisco Ballet School. Um, would you just tell us a little bit about that process of how, rehearsing the young students and then when are they brought in to work with the full company and how does that work? I did, I did think it was wonderful. I read somewhere that Balanchine chose Coppelia partly because he wanted something that would include many, many students. I, and I thought that was so so such a great idea and these girls are not little cute girls in pink tutus they are the corps de ballet and they are beautiful and it's very very difficult for them what they do so the process was long we had a woman gariella uh, came and staged it or set it on the girls uh, in january first week of january with jeff lyons who's one of the teachers in the school as the ballet master so he learned it along with the girls, and it took her one week of concentrated effort. They worked many hours every day, like six or four, so, you know, very intense. And then Jeff worked with them every single Saturday for hours, for just more, you know, each. Uh, so they've been in preparation since January every week, and then toward the end, several times a week. Uh, it's very complicated. They make all kinds of patterns. There are different levels in, the, in their core work. Their little teeny ones do a little bit less. And then at like the level three, we have level three, level four, and level five, and a couple of girls from level six participating. So it, it has a, a great gradation from less advanced to more advanced, but it all blends in uh, very nicely. And, and um, a lot of it is ensemble, and they make, they have to hold still. They have to count, they have to know when to go, because many times they hold still for a long time, just like a real corps de ballet. And it was hard for them, Jeff told me, at first to remember, because it's so long, I think it's about 20 minutes that they're on the stage. Um, they, just, they just brought the house down last night. Wonderful. Well, I, we're gonna open it up for a few questions from the audience, if, uh, yes. Oh, thank you. Oh, how nice. Thank you. I, I will certainly tell Susan. How, how lovely. Thank you. Uh, for those of you who didn't hear, it was just a, a comment about... A connection with uh, Anita's sister and just relating um, how Anita always knew what she wanted to be and she wanted to be a ballerina and again we're so fortunate that that is indeed what she wanted to be to have her here with us. Are there any other questions? The question is um, uh, that Anita mentioned the Tempest, and is there any chance of that being restaged for the company? I don't think that's a likelihood. I th if I'm not mistaken, that production may have been sold to someone. So I'm not sorry. I don't know exactly, but uh, I think you know some of some of the wonderful things that we had along the way are probably are probably memories for us now. Hmm. It was beautiful. Thank you.
I did work on Othello, yes. Othello was a wonderful work, yeah. I, I've done several things with Lar. He's done four or five pieces for us, and I was always in there with him. He's a wonderful choreographer, great guy. Loved Othello. Could you talk a little bit about the character dances in Coppelia? The question is if she could speak uh, to the character dances in Coppelia. There's a Shardas and a Mazurka. They are done by eight, each of them, eight couples. And I, I'm not the ballet master for those dances. I'm, I'm, I'm an admirer of them. I think their structure is extraordinary. I'm, I would guess that, that Balanchine remembered some of the steps that uh, he did in the production in Russia. And I'm, I'm, they, they have a very authentic feel, uh, this, the style and the actual steps. Um, so I think that I think that that probably comes from his history, but he's so inventive with patterns and formations that I'm I admire those dances tremendously because of their structure. And I don't think that's a typical of a of a folk dance if you visited a village or something. I think they would be more simple. So I think he made the formations and the patterns a lot more intricate, and they they're they're really really remarkable. Um, I'm planning to go up higher one day, one of the performances if I can, and, and take advantage of, it, of that and to admire them from above, because that's where you, the way you see patterns the best is from higher up in the theater. That's a question for you, Kirsten. Sure, I can answer that. Um, that is a part of the summer intensive um, that our, our students do have character. Um, depending on the, the year, most recently it's not been a part of the curriculum. A little bit of that is um, dealing with the recent economy and a couple cutbacks. Um, but hopefully once um, budget gets back uh, to being full again, that will be restored. But I know that is certainly something that our young gals really enjoy over the summer and have a good, a good experience with, with, with studying character dance. Hello, Katie. Uh, the question is about um, if a production is sold to another company and are we then in, indeed prohibited from performing that or what are kind of the rights associated with that? I wish I had, I wish I were more of an expert on this subject. Um, you know, I, I think it would just, I'm not sure if the, if the rights to the ballet go to, you know, like if we don't even have the right to do an older piece like that. I'm sorry, I just don't know. <laughs> I. I suspect if, we, if the San Francisco Ballet wanted to do a piece that it, from its past, it, it, it can, it can. I'm sure, I think there's probably a way. I think the, the question is, and I'm, 
hopefully I'm, I'm hearing this uh, correctly, is as the, um, uh, maybe the physicality and technique of the dancer has improved, how have we seen the training of the dancer change throughout the last 10, 15 years? Maybe. Oh, and especially in relationship to the jumps. Well, I think I would, I would say one thing that, um, I, I would say that what you're witnessing is who's being hired here, perhaps more than a change in how people are being trained. I think one of the things that, you, that you're always looking to, and Helgi's always looking to uh, improve the level or bring the level of the company up, and that's in every way. It's physical attributes, it's, it's the, you know, good turner. You're always looking for someone who's a natural turner and someone who has a natural jump, because some of, some of jump is, is a natural talent and some is developed. So um, I think the amount that we dance now probably contributes to dancers being in, in the highest level of being in, of, in shape that you can be, you know, because we're about, we're just about to the maximum of what a human body can do, I think, now with the, the amount of ballets we do in this short period from January to May. It's, it's extraordinary. And in, they are extraordinary athletes. And uh, I think the hard work that they put in is just paying off. You know, we, we work very, very hard. Um, you had mentioned, of course, when, when you started in touring in the small gymnasiums and maybe the facilities were, were different, so that certainly has changed. Have well, you? You know what? I just thought of something. There is another, a little, a little bit of a factor, which is not new, this, but it does harken back to those days. We danced on the gymnasium floor. I mean, it's fine for basketball. The, you know, they, they, you wouldn't want it any softer, probably, because the ball wouldn't react right. But um, in the last couple of decades, dancers always dance on a sprung floor. We have an, ex, uh, an amazing floor. It's, it's got some what they call basket weave underneath, and then the top is individual. I think maybe pine, I'm not sure, but the boards are only maybe four, six inches wide. So it's a tremendous trampoline effect from our, our floor. And the one that we've used here, it's only since Helgi was director, um, even in my day, we, we didn't have anything nearly so springy. So that does contribute to the, the jump that you're seeing. Um, would you also say the, the um, rise of the awareness of injury prevention and, and nutrition, some of those other areas uh, attribute it all to that? Yes, I would say it all does. I think I'd, I would say over my um, lifetime, dancers are generally more healthy. They, everyone smoked, my generation, they smoked. <laughs> that you don't see that so much now, and people are very health conscious. Many of the kids don't even have a beer. Lots of them don't drink at all. They they um, they eat very well. There's certainly, of course, a lot more known about nutrition and vitamins, and uh, there's a lot of you can hear a lot of talk among the kids about how they take care of themselves and what what they're eating, and you know. So I think there has been an improvement in that way too. We have time for one more. Yeah. Ah. 
The question is, are there other ballets, such as Coppelia, that maybe have a, a long history that we haven't seen on this company and that we uh, maybe would like to bring here? Well, yeah, I just would comment that I, I am actually just thrilled that we're doing the Coppelia because in all of my years, I, I've never been in a production. We didn't have, actually, William Christensen did one here a very, very long time ago, and but that was never, uh, you know, it was never repeated in, in my generation. So this has been really fun for me to get to familiar with this one. Uh, of course, we're all, uh, it's always wonderful to see um, a new full length we're gonna do next year. Um, what are we doing, Macmillan? Um, I'm blanking out. can't remember. If it comes to me, I'll tell you. But we're doing a wonderful full length next year. And the name is just not coming into my brain right now. But it's Kenneth McMillan. And it's a, it's a uh, beautiful story, a sad story, with a uh, role for a, a true heroine, a wonderful dramatic role for the ballerina. Um, so um, yeah, and Helgi's always looking at bringing things that we'd love to see uh, a month in the country. That's one of Ashton's. I'd love to see that come here. And and any, you know, Helgi and Marlene, his wife, travel a lot, and so they see just about every important uh, premiere in, worldwide. Of course, The Little Mermaid was a ter terrific acquisition last year, being repeated this year, of John Neumeier. And that's a, a recent full length. You know, so they are still being created. Uh, and yes, we're, we're all of us open and excited to, to do new ones. Well, Anita, thank you so much for sharing all of your history with us. It's always such a pleasure to listen and, and hear from you. We hope all of you, uh, if you're interested, please visit our website uh, to hear more uh, podcasts from the Meet the Artist series and also uh, read about the, the ballet on our ballet blogs. Thank you so much and enjoy Thanks, the show. Everyone.